ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. In goes Boland. Bowls again. It's Boland! Playing no shot. Gill's on his way. And uh, I suspect he hasn't got a clue why he did that. Scott Boland there, providing sports fans the best late-night treat that he's not a kebab. Australia has burst out of the gates in the World Test Championship. And given we're always thinking about the next thing, we're going to ask what we've learned from this game so far ahead of the Ashes. We'll also talk about the origin implication of a star's broken jaw. We're going to lean into an AFL preview, and there will, of course, be sound bites in this Friday Fix. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Cricket and Australia's in a commanding position in the World Test Championship with India and it has served to also give us some hints about what we might expect on this tour from an Ashes point of view. Crash Craddock, a fabled News Corp writer, is here to help us flesh it out. Crash, let's start with the batting. What did we like and what's going to give us pause from that first innings from an Australian point of view? I tell you what I really liked, Pat, was the bare-knuckled bravery of Warner and Labuschagne. Australia can win this Ashes series for the first time in England since 2001 by just blue overall resistance early. After about the 30th over, the juke ball stops swinging and then come the Cavaliers like Travis Head who can tear England apart. Again, and he plays the uppercut. Thank you very much, he says. He's just propping, waiting, and he's helped it for six this time. But I just think David Warner doesn't have to be a hero on this tour. Innings of 30 and 40, batting for 90 minutes here, two hours there. That's all he has to do. Now, there's a drive, and that's going for four. Beautifully played by Warner. He's getting into that confident rhythm. But he just cannot vanish in the first couple of overs. And I think that's what we've seen here. These wickets will flatten. The Duke's ball is very vulnerable after 30 overs. They can win this Australia. Steve Smith, it must be really encouraging to see him again lighting things up in the UK. Well, I've just walked out of a press conference where Stephen Moore, who's uh, just one ahead now of Steve Smith on the Century Makers list for Australia, said, oh, he's a far better player than me. I think he'll go past Ponting's century record, which is another 10 away. And again, bowls to Smith, who works out through mid-wicket for four. And there's his 100. Two balls it's taken him. His helmet's off. And he's waving his bat. Everyone's in awe of Steve Smith in England. It's just extraordinary that of his last nine innings there, his second lowest score is 80. (laughs) And and, and England just don't know how to get him out. They tried bowling wide. They tried bowling at his pads. They haven't really got the armoury to go short and at the body. I think they'll try to. But there's no Joffre Archer in their attack. So they're worried about him. And as Travis Head said, you feel it at the other end of the pitch. They're totally consumed by Steve Smith, and it just sort of helps you. Crash, we've seen Cummins, Stark and Lyon in the UK previously, but never Boland and Green. What did you see from those two, and what kind of instruction does it provide cricket fans? Uh, look, Boland has to play in that first test, Pat. He really does. Stephen Moore, who's as good a judge as anyone, I heard him say, I think Boland could take more wickets than any other Australian in this series. So just that old-fashioned line and length. And he skids a bit, which means that every ball's likely to hit the pads in front of the stumps, not climb over them. And that's really significant in England. There's a tussle between Boland and Hazelwood for the first test. I've got Boland in front at the moment. Of course, it could change. But the stakes are high, Pat. In this 
next two months. All these bowlers that have been playing for 10 years together, Lyon, Hazelwood, Cummins, Stark, this is the chance to have a definitive punchline to their test career. Might not be the end of the test, their test career, but every career needs a real golden stud, and they haven't really got it in test cricket yet. And this could be it. The test match championship and then the Ashes. It's early days, but we like what we see so far. Thanks so much for your time, Crash. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Pat. Thank you. AFL preview time, and in a curious turn of events, I'm actually going to work my way through this round's points of interest in reverse chronological order, and that is because it's all about the big freeze on the King's birthday Monday as Premiership wannabes Melbourne host Premiership favourites Collingwood, but the main story is Neil Danaher, and I am struggling to find adequate words, to be honest. Danaher's ability to unify and galvanise the various sporting tribes in this country in order to fight MND is quite astonishing. We talk a lot about the idea of sporting inspiration. This is a person worthy of those words. Danaher and his team have resulted in $70 million being invested into research to combat MND. $70 million. Just wow. And while this fixture feels rightly so much bigger than footy, on-field promises heaps too. How might the Magpies cope without the suspended Jordan Dugowie? Is this the game where the Demons announce they're going to have a big role to play in the outcome of the 2023 season? Much to ponder. And the MCG is actually doing some heavy lifting this weekend because the night before that game, we have got a belter at the ground as fierce rivals Essendon and Carlton go head-to-head. The Bombers, they are celebrating a 30-year reunion of their 1993 Premiership team. And you can imagine how much the club would enjoy inflicting pain on the Navy Blues in the process. It would provide a stark contrast of a club re-emerging after a period of darkness and another grappling with their position in the world. Friday night sees arguably the form team of the competition, Port Adelaide, taking on the Bulldogs. The Bullies might be stacked full of talent, but they have been flaky in recent weeks, losing to an injury-ravaged Geelong and the Gold Coast in the last two weeks. As for the power, they've won a lazy nine straight, count them, and they welcome back Charlie Dixon and Travis Boak. Look out. There are plenty of cracking fixtures across the round. A reminder, you can catch them all live and ad-free on the ABC Listen app. Time to talk NRL with known rugby league reporting gun Zach Bailey from Channel 9. Zach, it's a heavy origin prism this week. There's a financial market saying that says something like, when China's economy sneezes, the world gets a cold. Let's apply that to rugby league. What happens when Appy Corusau breaks his jaw in Thursday night footy? Well, Stacky, it's a great analogy, but most Blues fans, and especially the Blues coach Brad Fittler, sits back and goes, what? Like, no way. Ahead of a must-win game at Suncorp Stadium, Game 2. Coruscant was one of the Blues' best in, in Game 1, and then... Confirmation, broken jaw for oh, Abby wow. Coruscant. I can't see how he plays any more part in this year's Origin Series. I, I was sitting back on the couch watching him go down the sheds last night, and the news came through he had a badly broken jaw. Then Tim Sheen spoke after the match and said it's broken in two places. The, the surgery scans were taking him home for surgery tomorrow. It'd be minimum six weeks, if, if he's lucky. This is a major headache for the Blues, and it's a big player that they really would have wanted there in, in game two um, up at Suncorp. He, he's been there and done it before. He's won a couple of premierships with the Panthers, and a lot of people have said, like, the Blues need to have their best lineup, and they've already lost two of their biggest players ahead of game two. So this is a massive blow, not only for the Tigers, but as you said, Origin right now is all the talk, and this is such a big out for the Blues. 
I assume that Damian Cook gets his number nine jumper, but what are the flow-on impacts? Well, that's right. Firstly, like, there's still seven or eight games of footy to go this weekend, so Freddie will be sitting back going, please, no more injuries to the incumbents and also the the players that are on the fringe there that could potentially come in. The, the Rabbitohs have got the Dragons on Saturday afternoon. And firstly, yeah, Damien Cook, he's now in the running to return. He, he, was, he played 15 origins straight to the Blues, was dropped for game one, but it looks like he'll be sworn straight back in. Beyond that, Freddie has to look at other combinations to go, you know, what works now best around Damien Cook as a hooker, given Nathan Cleary and Api Corusau with the Penrith connection and the old Penrith connection are now ruled out. Let's hit the Nathan Cleary element of this conversation. With him out, all the conversations, who's going to replace him? Adam Reynolds, Mitchell Moses, Nico Hines. Seriously, are they really playing a selection trial this weekend? Because that feels loose. It does feel loose, but like even though Nathan wasn't at his best in game one, Freddie would have had him as an absolute lock for game two. Like he's the long-term Blues halfback. He would have been there. Nathan knows he would have been the player that would have been there. So now it's like, oh, you know, if, if anything, Jerome Luai, the six, was the one under most pressure for game two. So now Freddie goes, okay, so if Damien Cook is your hooker, does that mean we bring in Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker? And if Cam Murray and Latrell Mitchell are fit, then there's a whole South connection. We know how they, they are in terms of their potent attack. Or... You know, does he go with Nico Hines because he was there on the bench and he's been the most consistent halfback in the game? Three votes, which means he is your 2022 Dalian medalist, Nico Hines. All there's been talk about Mitch Moses because he's come of age in terms of handling the big moments at club level. Like, I don't know if it is a genuine shootout, but Freddie would be sitting there scratching his head with his advisors, with his assistant coaches going, what do we have to do or what's the best combination? And just back it. They just have to trust whatever they go, go with. They can't be in two minds. Maybe they'll have three or four names, as you said, at the selection table. But I personally hope to see Nico Hines there get rewarded. If you can't trust him now and he's been the inform half for two years, when will you trust him? It's going to be a enthralling weekend of footy with so much origin implications. Zach Bailey, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Stucky. And a reminder, you can catch every game live and ad-free on the ABC Listen app. It is time for sound bites, And stay with me on this first one. Have you ever seen a celebrity at the airport and have you thought... Do I hit them up for the chat slash selfie slash autograph? Well, I'm glad to say that Pep Guardiola and Manchester City also had that moment when they saw Elton John, sorry, Sir Elton John, when they were in transit for the Champions League final. What? Take it away, Pep. I was with him in the, in the concert that was in the midweek. He was incredible kind to my family and myself. Yeah, and after surprisingly, so when we landed from from London after FA Cup, we were there, and especially for the staff, back from the staff, some players. So it's Sir Elton John, so it's a, not a laugh, it's Sir. And, you know, whatever you do in your life, we are 50 years, 50, being there all the time, generations after generations, the people listen to your, your songs just because you are really good. City are warm favourites to knock over Inter Milan and secure a historic treble. While much of the golf community this week was focused on the Live slash PGA story, a small tournament was hosted in Bunbury. That's regional WA, where a car was up for grabs for anyone who could sink a hole in one on the 17th hole. This happened. First group of the day. Shot four. No way! Woo! Get out of town! 
That is 16-year-old amateur Chloe Viren, who might be on her L plates, but she now also has a new $60,000 ute with which to get her hours up. And the team at Sport Daily loves a good remix on a classic anthem, so we enjoyed the soon-to-be-extinct Collingwood netball team making a point about their club's decision to hand back its licence to Super Netball. Here's their rendition of good old Collingwood forever after their recent win. Strong rendition. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Sports Australia, Collingwood Super Netball and Golf Australia on Twitter for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.